Hey everyone, it's Andy, uh, and I sincerely apologize for the amount of time it's been since I did my last podcast. I've been extremely busy with school and work and church and a number of other things and traveling a lot, and so it's just been difficult to actually uh, pick up and, and do a podcast. And so what I've decided to do is actually shorten my podcasts a bit, uh, make them a bit more ad hoc, just so I can provide uh, at least a limited amount of commentary on some of the things that are happening in the world, uh, or at least the way I think about, uh, you know, um, what's happening in the world and, and you know, kind of go from there because it's difficult to, to persist with the extremely uh, complex, you know, 3,000, 4,000 word write-ups. Um, that take 30 minutes to an hour. So uh, I appreciate your being with me um, on that, and uh, hopefully I can provide some good substantive uh, um, podcasts still. So today I want to talk about the Puerto Rico situation. It's a difficult situation. Hurricane Maria um, hit uh, about two weeks ago, and you know uh, the the infrastructure has basically failed. Um, the electrical grid is down. Uh, people can't come back in uh, to their jobs, um, and that's specifically impacting the Puerto Rican government, which effectively uh, acts like a state government would um, uh, here in the mainland or Hawaii or Alaska, right? So um, imagine having a disaster situation and the state government not being operable. And so what's happening is the the bulk of the, uh, uh, I guess, the legwork is being done by the federal government, uh, the U.S. federal government. And so you've got FEMA, so number one, you've got some parts of uh, the U.S. military supporting um, National Guard, etc. Uh, but it's a very difficult situation. And to, to add on to it, <clears throat> you've got limitations on ports. Some of the some of the docking situation is 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 failed, right? So, it, you know, you can't necessarily uh, get ships in and be able to unload stuff easily. Um, and then there are a lot of cities that are um, on the inside parts of the island, when uh, but roads have. Um, you know, been destroyed, and there is difficulty actually getting to certain places. And so a lot of the stuff that you're seeing, where it's flooded or, you know, people don't have access to food or water, it's because they're in, in remote locations on the island that are difficult to get to because the roads have been rendered impossible. Um, and so you can really only do things via airdrop. You can, you know, evacuate people via a helicopter, but there's not much else you can do. And so there's basically a bottleneck um, a logistical bottleneck where it's difficult to actually take things that you're um, that you have in the main cities, um, you know, support or you know, food, water, and other supplies, um, to be able to take them from the port areas um, or the airports, etc., and and get them to these locations. And so there's only so much you can do. You have to rebuild infrastructure to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, but what's most interesting about the situation is how it's being covered. Now, I I, I was kind of prepared for this. I knew that they were going to try to make this. Um, a sort of Katrina situation, Katrina with Bush, um, but for Trump. Uh, and I think, you know, when Bush got quote-unquote katrina uh, I thought that that was unfair because there are always limitations when natural disasters strike. But uh, this, I thought it was going to be, you know, a stark difference and probably more severe because, uh, or at least the way that the media was going to respond was going to be most, more severe. And man, was I right. I saw Barack Obama and Joe Biden and a few of the other big Democratic leaders start, start making comments at the beginning of last week um, via Twitter. And I was thinking, okay, but aren't we doing stuff? Why are they saying we're not doing things? Or why are they making a big deal out of, um, you know, Puerto Rico needs our help? Um, with the implication that, you know, the Trump administration isn't doing what they should be doing. From what I've been observing, uh, you know, we've got, you know, 12,000 
uh, FEMA personnel, or at least 12,000 U.S. Uh, personnel, whether it's, you know, military or FEMA or whoever else down there, started with 4,000 before the hurricane even got there. So I was thinking to myself, why, why are they saying this? Of course we're working on it. Um, but then the coverage shifted, um, and instead of just covering what's happening in Puerto Rico, it, it, it became coverage of um, what's not happening in Puerto Rico, or rather, um, how this uh, coverage of how Trump is doing a, a poor job uh, in handling the situation um, post-hurricane. And so the coverage shifted, and, and I think in a drastic way, and it was in, insanely unfair. So I've got an example here of, of media coverage of it, but... Uh, suffice it to say that I think this is a coordinated, and I don't want to be as con con sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but I think this is a legitimately coordinated uh, effort from the left or the Democrats or whoever it may be to actually Katrina uh, President Trump. So I've got uh, two MSNB, uh, a video of two MSNBC anchors here. Uh, they're admittedly liberal in everything that they do and every way they approach things, but they're interviewing a FEMA administrator, and it's it's a fascinating uh, discussion uh, because well one the, the, the FEMA administrator's <laughs> he's he's pretty straightforward and he's clearly annoyed with these anchors um, and he's concerned about misinformation, but the way he talks is just entertaining and um, the questions that um, the anchors are asking is almost. They're, they're defensive questions because they, uh, when someone says misinformation, they feel blamed because it's the reporters who are actually reporting on misinformation. And so then they get defensive and then they almost start to argue with him. Uh, and it becomes something completely different than it was supposed to be because what it was supposed to be was um, a discussion about, you know, what are the updates? What's actually going on on the ground? But the, the anchor's operative, um, you know, notion was that things were already bad. Um, and the job that's being done is already poor. And, and so that really pissed off the, uh, the FEMA administrator. But anyway, it's an, an interesting dialogue. So go ahead and listen to it. It's a bit long, uh, but I think you'll find it uh, entertaining. Earthquake. Joining us now is FEMA Administrator Brock Long. Uh, who, uh, uh, credit to you, sir. You, you, we've been talking for weeks through Harvey, through Irma, through Maria. Uh and one thing that you have pointed out is that the money issue is sort of not uh, stopping you from doing your work. That's a congressional issue. But we have been hearing from our correspondents about this bottleneck of supplies at the port of San Juan, where there are apparently lots of things right there in the port. We see pictures of it. And yet you just saw Mariana Tencio in a town that is not half an hour from, uh, from San Juan, and they are paying for ice to refrigerate their food and medication. What's wrong with this picture, sir? The problem is misinformation. First of all, we don't charge anything for ice and food and commodities. That's not us. The second thing is your Hold comparison. Hold on, sir. We're not no, saying no, no, that no. it was Hold FEMA charging, but in terms of misinformation, so, well, we just ice, reported sir. on it, and we reported honestly and directly people we just saw two minutes ago, 30 minutes outside of San Juan, that's not misinformation, buying ice and waiting six hours for it. That's but not I a lie. I don't want it. Listen to me. The bottom line is FEMA does not sell commodities. We're working around the clock. We have 11 points of distribution hubs set up where 78 municipalities are able to come in and access food, including the city of San Juan. And the bottom line is, is if they can't get it, we've been airdropping for multiple days to be able to get that in. 
The other thing is, is the comparison of Haiti to this is totally different. Puerto Rico happens to be a U.S. territory. Haiti is not. So DOD, working through USAID and the State Department, of course, is the first responder for an event that is not under the Stafford Act like this one. The other thing is, is that we are making progress. Every day, capacity is coming open. This is a complex event, as we've been talking about. Airport capacity is increasing. More commercial flights are coming out. The, the port capacity is increasing as well. The other thing is, is that we've worked to clear 11 highways. We're continuing to push forward and open up those arteries to be able to pump more in. The bottom line is, is that the capacity will continue to increase every day. We're working around the clock. We're not going to be satisfied until it's stable. I'm not satisfied until it's stable. And the bottom line is, is that we are doing everything that we can. The Connex boxes at the port are owned by retailers. In many cases, those Connex boxes were there before the storm hit. We are working with Crowley and the private sector mm -hmm. to locate their truck drivers to get those out. But Crowley is prioritizing our stuff to get out first. So there's a ton of misinformation. The other thing that we're doing so that you can get the most accurate information is we're holding press conferences from the Joint Field Office in San Juan with DOD, the governor, and FEMA. And what we're asking is, go to that press conference in the morning for where we are versus where we need to be to clear up the misinformation. Got it. I, I, I will... There's a lot left of the video, um, so I would suggest actually, you know, going onto YouTube and looking at it because just, you've got to see his hand motions and his facial expressions to understand how annoyed he clearly is and um, uh, how ridiculous he thinks that um, the questions that they're asking and the way um, the areas that they're focusing on are. Right. So there are a couple of things to parse here, and I want to start with the the back side of it. Um, uh, he's talking about a press conference that they do every day, which is not reported on. Um, this includes the governor of Puerto Rico, this includes FEMA, um, and a number of other administration officials, right? Um, it's not reported on, even though they're providing updates and everything like that. The focus is, uh, um, at least the media's focus, is on a number of things. One, the communities that are on the inside of the island where, um, where roads cannot currently, you cannot currently go on the roads because the roads are covered in debris. Um, and so you heard him talk about <clears throat> how they're trying to clear highways and interstates or not interstates but clear highways uh you heard him talk about how they're actually trying to increase port capacity you heard him talk about how they're trying to imp increase airport capacity because all of these things were not fully destroyed but they were uh, drastically incapacitated um following the hurricane um the second thing uh, i want to talk about here is uh you know he talked about these conax boxes um these are basically there are ships in the ports and they have a bunch of um um big you know boxes think about the uh, the, the freight boxes right that you see on the back of trains and things like that that are filled with supplies and food and everything like that but it's not supplies and food for puerto rico per se it's private industry these are um, private companies who own the freight boxes they were there shipping into you know retailers or whatever it may have been and so the, the fema doesn't have the ability to imminently come in and uh, and take over these boxes and provide them to um uh, the people in Puerto Rico, there, there, there are legal ramifications behind doing that. And but, but I'm sure if you've been been following the situation at all, you've seen those boxes. It's like, why aren't these boxes um, um, getting opened and brought to the people of Puerto Rico? That was a massive, a massive headline for a couple of days at least last week. Um, but I bet none of you heard that uh, these were private. Um, you know, private companies' boxes. So, you know, they're trying to get those out as well. 
um, out of the way so that they can increase port capacity. But the reality is that there is our logistical problems um, with being able to do that, and you have to be able to follow the law um, in order to, uh, you know, um, deal with with private industries um, shipping goods and stuff like that that are sitting in ports. Um, another thing that um, this person talked about, um, he's, again, he's a FEMA administrator, is um, the um, the misinformation, right? And so um, the misinformation, he says, could be resolved or at least cleared up if um, they attended these press conferences um, where the governor is. Uh, they've got to clear out the um, highways. That's not being reported on. There's a logistical bottleneck where people cannot um, get supplies because the people who have supplies cannot get the supplies to them. Uh, and so, you know, images and videos and everything of people suffering, that's a, that's a real thing and it's a bad situation and no one wants that to be the case. Um, uh, but you can't do what you can't do. Um, and if media coverage were more in that vein, then, you know, it would be a hard situation to, you know, look at. It's it's a dire situation at that, but uh, it's it's accurate coverage. Um, you, you have to caveat that although there is suffering, it's suffering that cannot be resolved immediately, um, at least um, with the resources that we have there. Now, they also talked about um, um, the DOD response in Haiti after the earthquake. So um, this, this is critical as well, because what the media is covering is that uh, the DOD response to the earthquake um, is, is not evident in response to this hurricane in Puerto Rico. Um, why isn't the DOD there, they might be asking, or at least why are they there in small number? So this person says the reason the DOD responded and responded quickly, or initially rather, uh, to the Haiti situation is because that is the uh, protocol um, for foreign nations in accordance with USAID or USAID. <clears throat> so um, I forget what that's an acronym for. Um, so the DOD is supposed to respond in a, in a state or in a municipality or whatever you want to call it that Puerto Rico is. It's, it's a U.S. Um, territory. So uh, the DOD is not supposed to respond like it would to a foreign nation. That's where FEMA comes in, um, and that's where the National Guard comes in, uh, and uh, a number of other groups that are coming in. And there are private charities as well um, assisting in the situation. Um, but what they're trying to do, the media, is paint this in a way that the response is uh, not what it should be. But the reality is that the response appears to be what it should be. Um, it might even be, you know, more than it should be because the fact that there is a bottleneck that does exist means that there are um, probably a lot of resources not doing what they normally would be able to do if that bottleneck was not there. Now, I'm sure a lot of people are there clearing away debris and everything like that, but the reality is it's, you know, um, more people doesn't necessarily mean better resolution right? Um, you could have people there twiddling their thumbs because they're waiting on things to get done so that they can do what they're there to do, which is, I don't know, uh, distribute supplies to people who currently can't get access to the supplies or, uh, uh, you know, um, provide health care to people who are stuck in um, on, on the other side uh, of these bottlenecks, right? Um, so more people does not necessarily mean a better response. So I, I'm rambling a bit, so I apologize for that. But I wanted to talk about this because I am just looking at Twitter and, you know, other news sources and, oh my goodness, it is the clearest, um, clearest, 
um, illegitimate attack that I've seen against Trump. Now, he brought some of it on himself yesterday, Saturday, uh, when he bashed the mayor of San Juan, the capital of Puerto Rico, and uh, you know he keeps saying everything's working fine and complains about the media and misinformation, which forces the media, or it doesn't force them, but it encourages the media to respond defensively um, and therefore attack Trump. Um, and I think he knows he's doing that. He's playing a game, and he's expecting that his supporters will see this and think, um, actually, the response is probably solid, and the media is just trying to make him look bad. And in this circumstance, is it, it probably is the case that that the media are trying to make Trump look bad. Uh, so uh, uh, whether or not this is a coordinated democratic effort is unclear, but man, it sure seemed like it because this started with the leaders of the Democratic Party or, or the leaders on the left um, complaining about the response. So not, not really clear. Um, but, but why did I want to talk about this? Why, why is it important? I just think that there's a lot of misinformation <laughs> to, borrow, to borrow this female administrator's uh, phraseology, right? It, I'm paying close attention to the situation. It's still hard to separate the wheat from the chaff. It is, um, it's one of those difficult situations where it's unclear, um, because we can't see it. And the media coverage focuses on only some things. Um, and it's one of those places where Trump is actually justified in using his Twitter account to actually get, um, what he sees to be at least accurate information or what he hopefully sees to be as accurate information out to his supporters, um, or at least the people that follow him on Twitter. And gosh, the more that the media covers these things inaccurately, uh, the more the people on the right or Trump supporters are going to try to find alternatives, um, to the mainstream media. And that will further divide us. It'll further create this partisan, uh, partisan identification that, um, that, that helps no one. And it further, um, you know, hurts our country. So, uh, that's pretty much all I have for right now. Um, it's a, it's a developing situation. Um, but please, please, please try to look closely, um, at, at what you're seeing in the, uh, in the coverage of Puerto Rico and the hurricane and everything like that. And unfortunately, there is not any, there, there are no events um, that you don't have to look at multiple different uh, news sources um, to understand at least a little bit what's going on. It, it's insane. It is insane. So if you don't, if, if you aren't religious about following the news, you're probably not going to know what's happening. Uh, at least you're not going to accurately know what's happening. And in that case, just don't draw conclusions because it, it doesn't help anything. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, I appreciate your patience and, uh, I'm listening to my rambling, but I, I just really, I got really frustrated, <laughs> um, observing all of this, um, this blatantly, uh, partisan coverage of a horrid situation. And, and I think it's really, really comes down to you know, us, uh, uh, people, um, you know, maybe Christians who, who love others and desire to, um, to kind of see, see people clearly, to see, um, situations clearly, um, so that we can know how we ought to respond because the truth situation, the truth of this situation, uh, that bids us, ha um, bids us to respond well.
um, if we respond without knowing what's actually happening, hopefully we get lucky, but oftentimes we just make ourselves look like idiots. So, yeah. I know I sound a little bit depressed about this, but I mean, it's pretty messed up. So, all right. Thanks, everyone.